Aftershock. We have a we are following a three to one loss to Real Salt Lake for the San Jose Earthquakes. Zero points on the road, gentlemen. Um, Alex Morgan, Jamin Moore joining me to analyze the game tonight. I'm your host, Phil Leva. And Jamin, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Just your thoughts. The Quakes go out to Salt Lake. They get a couple players coming back from the U.S. national team. They have the game coming up uh, against Monterey in the U.S. Open Cup. Kind of a lot of things happening with the team right now. A lot of things in motion. And in this match, they're unable to get the result despite the fact that at times they looked adequate. Um, your thoughts here? I think that's the right word. They looked adequate for the first 70 minutes or so of the game. And, you know, one of the things that they didn't really quite figure out is, you know, the RSL press. It was not this high press. So when you watch the earthquakes, you see them. They go out in this kind of high press. They, they try to get numbers pretty high up the pitch. And, uh, you know, they really, they really try to, to win the ball up high. It's not what RSL does. And I think we're going to get into this tactically as to what they actually do. But, uh, you know, the way that the that RSL, you know, set up tonight um, made things look oftentimes like the Quakes just didn't have the numbers because of the way that RSL set it up. And uh, in those odd number situations, RSL gets three goals. And uh, in this match here, Alex, in which the Quakes did have to kind of play out of the you know, RSL press and had a really difficult time you know, uh, capitalizing on the opportunities that they created, they do get the one goal from the Christian Espinosa free kick. I'm curious, what are your thoughts after the match? I'm glad you brought up the, the national team games and the, the U, uh, U.S. Open Cup game against Monterey on Tuesday, because I'd rather think about anything else other than this game. Uh, this was uh, probably one of the least fun Earthquakes games that we've uh, watched this season. They had the chances. You had the Cade Cowell chance in front of goal early in the first half. You had the Benji Kukanovich chance uh, on his left foot midway through the second half. They had the chances tonight uh, to get a result, but they didn't bear them. And then Real Salt Lake have two gorgeous finishes uh, from the, the top of the box. And, and that was enough to, uh, to put them past the quakes. And, and so offensively, I'm not as concerned because it still felt like they were creating opportunities going forward. It was defensively that, that concerned me today. Uh, and some of the commenters, I think, have, have picked up on it. Uh, there's a comment here that said those those odd-numbered breaks brought back memories of the Almeida era. Oof. And it did feel sometimes like the Quakes were getting wrong-sided in transition in a way that they haven't been before this season. I think that uh, Jonathan Mensa and Rodriguez have been really, really strong uh, this season and have made things feel generally much more stable and less vulnerable at the back tonight, Real Salt Lake were able to find those pockets of space in behind. They were able to get in behind the Quakes on transition and make the Quakes look slow, look like they were a step behind the ball in a way that they haven't looked like before this yeah. season. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit, Alex and and Jamie, because like if you go back and watch that second goal, this was one of those those chances created by RSL that we haven't seen a lot from the Quakes this season because they have been so calm and present when they have the ball. Uh, but Real Salt Lake was able to kind of just, from the back, delivering from the goalkeeper, push all the way through the pitch and get that second goal to put them in the advantage. Um, the first goal, I mean, I think was a little more fluky. I think, you know, on the one hand, you had RSL pressing and it caused Rodriguez to make the turnover. But we've seen him kind of make these mistakes in the season before. So I don't know that it was necessarily representative of the team's play as a whole. But that second goal, if we take a look at that, that was really troubling to me when I was watching the match. And then we saw something somewhat similar in the third goal as well when Gomez takes the opportunity to score and put them 3-1, to one, which pretty much at that point put the game out of reach for the Quakes. They, I don't think they just had it in them to score two to three goals to get a point here against RSL. So, Jamin, kind of looking at that second goal there, I'm curious as to what you think about why there were these defensive uh, maybe misshape or like uh, difficulties that they were having and like finding what is usually a very present... Uh, strong shape for the team and preventing their opponents from scoring. Yeah, quite simply, the way that RSL uh, set up was, uh, you know, in a, more of a 4-4-2 mid-block, very standard stuff. What they do that's very different than what the Earthquakes do is they actually put all their numbers behind the ball. And they they draw a line of, 
a kind of demarcation of like it, when you get to this point as you're trying to play out of the back, we're not going to press you, but when you dribble up the field, right, when, at a certain point, we're going to compress space and we're going to move to the ball quite often with a double team. And what, what Rodriguez found on the first goal is that when he stepped uh, high with the ball and tried to make that incisive pass in the middle, the problem was as soon as RSL won it, he's committed forward and there's no structure in behind. It's not like uh, Mensa had, you know, come over because he saw, you know, Rodriguez step forward. And, you know, so what happened was in effect, it turned into a three V one the other way because Mensa kind of got flat footed with the rush. Um, you know, the ball, the ball got turned over and Danny Musovsky, who's, you know, former, uh, we, we've talked about his, his, his this guy on the uh, black and Azul and on the, uh, the aftershock before every time he gets a chance to go against the quakes seems to make him pay for like, yeah, you guys didn't should have gotten me when you had the chance out of, uh, out of Reno. And uh, you know, he was part of, part of that rush. I think he got the assist. If I remember right on the, on the first goal, it was a three V one. And then on the second goal, it, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of difference. It was again, kind of that uh, catching the quakes a little bit too forward, not enough structure behind you make a bad pass in that central midfield spot, one quick ball out, and you're free. Uh, Jefferson Savarino with a very classic cut on the inside when you get the uh, when you when you get one v one with an outside back, cut on the cut on the inside because the outside back's job typically is going to be to guard against you going to the outside, and they're going to try to take away the cross. And he sees that Acapo leans a little bit to the right, boom, goal. And yeah. uh, well taken shot. I think JT should have expected that back post shot a little bit better. But uh, you know, Jamin, interested to hear you say that because I know Alex has been critical of JT Marcinkowski on those shots this season. This is not the first time we have seen JT miss those back post like shots coming across the body from the attackers. Alex, I'm curious as to what your response is to what Jamin just said about JT's read. You, you have it completely backwards, Phil. I've been defending JT been this defending whole JT. season. And and Jamin Moore has been defending Danielle this whole season. No, there's... And that's I find that comment hilarious just because every single time that I've raised a criticism that I earlier this season when Danielle was starting and 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 he was right, letting we'll have to go back and find the tape, Alex. Uh, yeah, I, I, I hope we have the receipts here because Jamin was always the first to say he's never gonna criticize keepers for those. Uh, you know, those tough to save shots for the Tiago Almada free kick for the Tiago Almada volley. Jamin was very, very reluctant to criticize in that situation when I think these were objectively better shots that were hit from Real Salt Lake today. Those were, were two, no, it was a good shot. No, look, Severino's shot is a post. good shot. It is a potentially saveable shot. If you understand he's cutting on the inside, that ball is nine times out of 10 going to go to that back post on a curler and it wasn't an outside in curler it was within the frame of the goal that's partially think, partially partially a goalkeeper position well, issue. i i am curious what the partially what the fans i'm not have saying it's say all i'm not saying it's all jt's Jamin, well, i think we have to you, let the you fans say what, you can well, say, well, let's let's say let me let me say this though up, up until those moments it felt to me like jt was having a pretty strong outing he had made two saves on mm -hmm. two mistakes that the, the team had made, right? They were playing on the back foot. They got past the defenders, and JT did save them uh, when, those when RSL had those opportunities. And I would say that his distribution was pretty great throughout the match. But uh, to say that, you know, he's at fault on those goals, I, I don't know it's if I agree. It's exceedingly, it's fault. I didn't say at fault. I said it could have been better. I, 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 I disagree, Jamin. And I think the, the bigger problem was higher up the field. The bigger problem was that the Quakes were leaving large gaps of space at the top of the box. It's places where you'd usually expect Jonathan Mensa and Rodriguez to step to the ball and to block those shots and to get tight to their men. They weren't doing that in this game. And they were allowing those spaces well, to the I, I, I think you can make the argument that Carlos Gruezo is also very mm -hmm. present in those spaces for the earthquakes, and that was one of the substitutes that we saw uh, in the match. He he got subbed out, and I think I have it down for uh, we have it down for Buddha. So that was just like a shift in in the approach that I think Lucci was taking in the attack, right? Moving from a more defensive to a more attacking. But um, curious as to what you think there, Alex. Like 
Carlos Cruzo is the sub here. Is this a matter of like he is still recovering perhaps from uh, the earlier injury that he had, or was this just simply a matter of Lucci having a tactical change here in the match? Yeah, well, I mean the Quakes just don't have much depth at this point, and a lot of the players are are running on fumes. So I'm not super concerned about the the substitution patterns that are happening. I think Lucci Gonzalez has shown that he is more than capable of making the correct in-game decisions. So I, I'm not particularly concerned about that. I think that the Quakes will need to add more depth in the, the summer transfer window. I think that's mm -hmm. become increasingly clear that, uh, you know, they might need to consider adding another piece on that left side of the attack, and they might need to add another midfielder. But I'm not, I'm not concerned about the in-game substitutions in this one. Um, but then I do want to say it was, uh, it was Judson, by the way, who came on for Carlos Cruz. So, so I just mm -hmm. want to make that clear. Mm -hmm. And and it's 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 good to see that Judson is increasingly getting back uh, to fitness. And uh, and and I you know I, at the beginning of the season I would not have trusted Judson to step in in a late game situation. And I think that now he's he's been more consistent. And and I don't think the problem today was was in the midfield. I think the problem today was with the the back line. I think that. Uh, Jonathan Mensah looked a step off the pace. He was getting turned in ways that we haven't seen before. He looked a little slow on some of those uh, defensive transitions. He's usually been able to keep pace, but there were a couple of times where he just kind of lost his man that was running in behind. So that surprised me. And then Rodriguez just got got caught out too often. I mean, we, we've applauded him in past weeks because of the way that he's been able to step out of the back, beat the first man with the dribble, and then spray those passes in behind. But Ray also like predicted that really well. And they cut out that option. Rodriguez was not able to step into the middle, break that line, and connect the pass. And that was, uh, uh, you know, uh, made, made life difficult for the Quakes and, and uh, gave uh, uh, Ray also like the opportunity to get him behind. And I think we're going to the presser now with uh, Luchino. I think we might be. I think it might be, yeah. Hey, Luchi, you can hear me? Yeah. Perfect. Uh, all right, we'll get started. Uh, this is tonight's press conference with head coach Luchi Gonzalez. Let's begin with the first question from Jamin Moore. Go ahead, Jamin. Unmuted. Hey, Luchi. Obviously, you know, not the, not the best uh, result tonight, but uh, part of the game, you know, you know, looked pretty good. It looked like you guys were going to be in it. Uh, until close to the end. And then, uh, you know, they had a couple moments of quality there. You know, how do you assess this, uh, this type of game, uh, you know, on the road with a, with a bit of altitude and, and uh, you know, your performance tonight? Thank you. Muted. Yeah, I agree. I thought we were in it. I thought we responded well second half, getting the, the early goal. Um, and you actually said it yourself, uh, moments of quality. I thought they showed some individual moments of quality. In, in putting away their chances, whereas, you know, we, we didn't. We didn't put our chances on target um, and create danger. Uh, we, we created plays that were dangerous, uh, but the end product, the last quality uh, action, uh, we, we, you know, we, we fell short. So, you know, I think the positive is we can compete against anybody, anywhere, any, any day. Um, but to win these kind of games away, in in a venue like Salt Lake, you, we have to be uh, we have to execute and, and kill in our chances, and, and we did not. So, you know, let's work. Let's keep getting better. I, our foundation is very good, and uh, and we know we can do that uh, against anybody. But it didn't happen tonight. And uh, congrats to Salt Lake. You know, I would say expected goals were the same to like the 79th minute, where I thought we could have tied the game two two. In fact, we created some good quality chances before their third goal, but, you know, didn't bounce our way. Thank you, Luigi. Uh, Jamie, did you have a second question? Unmuted. I do. I wanted to just quickly ask about, uh, you know, Open Cup, since we won't get to talk to you ahead of that, Luigi. Uh, obviously, you got the midweek game, and then you got to, you know, that's on the road, and then on the road again to uh, to Austin. Uh, what's your philosophy, particularly this season, with you guys sitting in fifth place in the West? Uh, obviously, you know, the MLS, uh, you know, getting in the playoffs is your number one goal here. But 
you know, how do you approach Open Cup? Is this going to be an opportunity for some of the guys who don't get to start to uh, get a chance to prove themselves? Uh, or is it something where, you know, a few wins and you get a chance to get some silverware? Like, what's your what's your approach? Thank you. Muted. Yeah, the approach is is clear. It's it's a cup that we value a lot. Um, we take a lot of pride in. We want to compete and, and win it. Um, we know it's going to be very difficult. Um, it's an exciting cup when you get to play the the clubs from the different levels and and uh, there's going to be a lot of motivation. Obviously, behind Monterey Bay, a local team, we played them in preseason. It was a very challenging game. You know, Frank Yallops, the coach, uh, has an icon of San Jose. So. And it, it'll be an honor to coach against him again in a, in a in an actual game that counts. Uh, so we're we're looking forward to it. You know, we we want to we're not happy with with tonight, uh, but but we want to have a short memory and, and move forward and and respond on, on Tuesday uh, and show our depth. And yeah, obviously there'll be some adjustments. Uh, not clear what they are yet. We've got to assess our guys here after this game. Um, but we, we're gonna we're gonna put a team on the field from start to finish. To, we believe uh, can win and get us through the next round. Um, and, and we're going to show a lot of importance and urgency in this next game against Monterey Bay. Next up, uh, Alex Morgan. Hi, Luchi. Uh, thanks for, for joining us tonight. It's good to speak to you. Uh, I'm wondering about some of those defensive transitions. Felt like there was a lot of space uh, in behind, you know, in front of the center backs in those channels. Um, that there hasn't been in, in previous games. And I'm wondering, you know, why you think that was the case, whether it was, you know, they're two up top and in that shape, making it difficult for you uh, or, or some other reason that, uh, that, that those spaces were getting created. Yeah, look, I, I think RSL are a good team in transition. They play forward quickly to have quick players with, with speed and, and can hurt you with open space. So, you know, we, we saw that on, on tape and, and, we knew that was going to be a challenge. I thought we had good control of it for majority of the first half until we conceded and on that type of play. So, you know, it's also a giveaway in our buildup, uh, you know, where I thought we could have been more connected and we were too expansive with our fullbacks and our midfield and we didn't have numbers around the ball. We didn't circulate the ball in a way that I thought was secured it and allowed us to play forward. So, you know, it's something that we discussed at half. I thought we adjusted it well to start the second half, but, as the game went on, uh, especially when they when we scored, you know they were going to push numbers. They were going to play through their two forwards, like you've mentioned, and um, and yeah, that's something we need we need to improve um, so that so that we can control those transition moments better defensively. And uh, Alex, I believe you have a second question, uh, so go ahead. Yeah, thanks for thanks for taking another one, uh, Lucci. You know. Lots of goals coming from the, the right side with Christian Espinosa. He gets another one tonight. Jeremy Obobese, you know, with the two last weekend. Um, you know, Cade Cowell and, and Benji Kakanovich had both had opportunities on the, the left side. They both had good good looks in front of goal today. But, you know, neither of them have been able to find the back of the net. Do you, do you think it's a matter of time? Do you think it's something about the – um, you know, the, the, the way that the team is building up the ball. What, you, what do you think about that left side of the attack? And, and, you know, would you like to see more production from that side in terms of goals? Yeah, look, it's easy to see from a, from an analytics standpoint uh, in terms of production, um, you know, but, but it's important, you know, we, we're human beings. This is a team. It's about the collective, um, you know, and Cade's performance last week was fantastic in terms of setting up teammates and being decisive. Um, and, and, you know, and Benji's working hard and, and turning his opportunities. So, uh, you know, we're going to keep working. We're going to keep believing. This is our group. This is our team. And it's not about who gets the, the, the glory, but we definitely want to continue to work on being more efficient uh, and turning expected goals into actual goals. And I think home we've been efficient and we'll continue to be, to do that. Um, with our with our fan base and our fortress and our family at home and our but you know away we want to show the same we want to show that there's uh, the game is the game it's 11 players against 11 players one ball and and how can we have the same level of confidence conviction to put away our chances as whoever whoever it is but um yeah we'll, we'll keep working those are young players those are young players their intentions are good they're they're trying to do the right things and when they keep doing that 
um, those habits can turn into an end product. And, 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 uh, and we, we believe in that. Thank you. Let's uh, take tonight's final question from Fabian Brankel. He asks, uh, with the up upcoming game on Tuesday against Monterey Bay FC, uh, are we going to see new faces or rotations in the squad for that upcoming fixture? Thank you. Yeah, you'll see some changes from tonight. Um, but you also see some same faces. So, uh, you know, we're a team of 20 plus players that compete every week, week in, week out. And uh, we need to show that in, in our different competitions. And for us to achieve our objectives at the end of this season, uh, we need everybody. Everybody's important. Everybody's competing. And, and uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll have some modifications for Tuesday. Uh, but again, it'll be a lineup that believe from start, start to finish. finish uh, can, can get, get the, the job, job done. Uh, so we're excited for that opportunity. Thank you, Lucci, and thank you, everyone, for your questions. Uh, we'll be bringing out a select player here in a couple minutes. Good night, guys. You know, I love that first and foremost, Lucci acknowledged the history with Frank Yala being one of the legendary coaches of the Earthquakes and talking about how that matters going into this match. So he's definitely done his homework. He knows the team really well, right? That's one thing that I think a lot of folks appreciate about Lucci Gonzalez. Jamin, you had asked particularly about this game coming up on Tuesday against Monterey Bay FC. Lucci first states kind of that, you know, this is ongoing, that uh, not exactly clear what the adjustments are, but then kind of as the press conference was going on, saying that perhaps there will be some new faces that we see and some of the same faces. Just curious as to what you think about his response there. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it's probably a little bit more typical coach speak. You know, they're, they're, everyone says that, you know, they're going to, they want to win and uh, that they're going to put out a lineup that they think can win. But at the same time, there will be some new faces. And I think it's a real uh, opportunity and it should be, there should be some pressure on some of these players, you know, from the bench side to get a start and to produce um, against a USL side. You should be able to show that you've got that level of quality in MLS players. And so, you know, for, these younger players, you know, whether that means now Benji gets a start, um, you know, Asani Buddha gets a start. Uh, maybe we see um, a little bit more, you know, some difference like Judson getting some time. I think that that's an important, important thing. Miguel Troutko getting some time. You know, that's an important thing. These are players who, you know, one injury away from, you know, being being a regular starter um, for very good reasons. And, and they have been starters in the past. Right. So. You know, it, this is a an opportunity to to put out some some of those uh, you know faces that have not gotten enough time this season. Um, we saw players like Jack Skein really step up last year, uh, hit free kicks, took penalties, and, and converted those. And you know, this team went into a Starfire, a place that pe teams don't win very often in an Open Cup. Just once before. Uh, in the Red Wedding uh, game, Red Car Wedding game, did uh, you know? Had they been beaten at Starfire, and the Quakes did it last year, and and they did it mostly with bench players, a lot of the same bench players. So you know, it'll be interesting to see you know who gets put out there. But I think we should expect some rotation. And you know, I personally would not go all in on Open Cup. I think right now the focus for this team needs to be you know, making the MLS Cup playoffs, trying to get some points in Austin would go a long way toward that. You got to face LAFC twice coming up, the Galaxy coming up, Seattle's not that far away. There's a really tough stretch here and you need to get points against a team that's lower down on the table. Then. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I agree here, Alex. I saw you kind of like, you, you were a little- Hey, go ahead. Rain all over it, guys. I don't in care. terms of the US Open Cup and how much this means, I mean, it is the shortest path to a trophy, to a CONCACAF Champions League berth. Like, there are a lot of things that the Quakes can get out, out of this. I, I get where you're coming from with, like, they're making the run towards the MLS Cup. But going into this match, Alex, considering what you heard from Lucci in the press conference, some of the stuff that Jamin just said about preparing for this match, perhaps uh, players like Osini Buda getting time, maybe Daniel or Emi Ochoa perhaps getting that opportunity as well, considering, you know, whatever Daniel's health status is with the team. We know that he's making the 18. Um, kind of your thoughts about the U.S. Open Cup, what this means for the Quakes, and how they should approach this match against Monterey Bay FC. Let me let me let me lay it out, Phil. Here's where we're at. 
The Quakes last season got embarrassed by the Sacramento Republic in the U.S. Open Cup. They had a good first round against the Sounders, and then they went to Sacramento, and they played with a pretty strong roster, and Sacramento destroyed them. It was a very comprehensive 2-0 victory, and I was there, and it was embarrassing for the Quakes because they very clearly didn't take that game seriously enough, and they weren't mentally prepared for that game. And they had a significant traveling contingent of fans who were not happy with that result and were left very disappointed. This is a local game. They're playing against Monterey Bay. There will be many Quakes fans at that game. And they need to go and they need to honor the fans that are, are traveling for that game. And they need to, to advance to the next round of the Open Cup because they owe it to the fans for the way that they went out of, of last year's Open Cup. In the round of 16 yeah. against Sacramento Republic, one of their you know Northern California rivals, and Sacramento was a good team that year. They went, you know, toe-to-toe with the LAFC and and, and they want, went on a strong run. But whenever you're playing against your Northern California rivals, the Quakes should expect to win and they should take it seriously. So I think the Quakes have some, uh, 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 you know, uh, some catch-up to do and, and need to show the fans this year more so than ever that they're going to take the Open Cup seriously. But, but let, yeah, me, let, me, let me challenge it a little bit. But go ahead, Phil, because you haven't had, gotten a chance to comment on this. Well, I all I was going to say that. about that, Jamie, was the surprising thing about the Quakes and how they played in Sacramento last season was that this came off of like a huge victory against Seattle, as you had mentioned. But to, just to refresh folks' memory about that match, this is the one that went like 10 deep into penalty kicks at the end of the match. And Matt Bersano was the one who won the game for the Earthquakes. So like this was a huge run for the, the Quakes. And then for them just to get stunted by Sacramento Republic who is not even a, a top-tier side in American soccer, to get ousted by them was quite embarrassing. And to have so many Quakes fans go to Sacramento and have that happen, like, would hate to see that be repeated with a trip to Monterey Bay FC. But, um, Jamin, yeah, but, if you want to chime in yeah, on, on this... Let's, let's come back, let's come back to this. I mean, let's, let's come back to this. Let's talk about who should be playing in that game. And if you think it's a good idea from a potential injury risk perspective against a lower side who is going to play you physical. Let me repeat, mm -hmm. they are going to play you physical. Whenever an inferior side takes on a superior side in a cup game like this, you can bet there's going to be some hard tackles. I don't want Gruezo touching the pitch. I don't want uh, Mensa touching the pitch. I don't really want Rodriguez touching the pitch. I don't want Abobasi, honestly, touching the pitch. Let it be, let it be, uh, you know, Benji, let it be uh, Buddha. I don't want a Bobisi on that pitch. I don't really want to see Espinoza maybe after the 80th minute. If you need to get a goal, maybe Espinoza then. I don't really want to see him starting. I don't want to see those guys going into a situation where players who have slower reactions to situations are going to take dumb fouls and purposeful fouls in some cases, and mm -hmm. you're going to end up in a yellow card tainted game and you're going to end up with a bunch of injuries and then that's going to ruin the rest of this road trip and the next game against lafc at home you know at uh, so for me i don't want those guys on the pitch if it's everybody else fine jamin this begs the question are the players that oh also i don't want to see jackson Yule out there either Okay. Are the players that... that Jamin uh, Jamin wants the Quakes to play with eight players, is what I've gathered. None of the starting players. No, I just... I just, I just, you, didn't need him last, you didn't need him last year to win at Starfire. You don't need him to go win in Monterey. So that was... Then you just answered the question then. Are guys like Tanner Beeson, Jutson, Oseni Buddha, uh, Jack Skane, can they come through and get the win at Monterey Bay FC? Yes. That's the question. Yeah. Can they? Do you, agree? Yes. you think that's they can go in there with with guys who aren't in the regular starting eleven and get this get the points? I I, I think that they can, uh, but I still think that uh, and look, it's an opportunity for guys like Tanner Beeson who haven't been seeing as many minutes to step up. I think he should definitely be in the starting lineup. It's an opportunity for guys like uh, Baldissimo, who we know can do it at the Thank MLS you, level, and and who aren't getting a ton of minutes uh, to step in. And, and win. But I, I don't want to act like this is 
this is a friendly like this this game has meaning for the earthquakes not a friendly this game is important to win and not so those friendly, guys should be smart. in the roster and if they need to be subbed in at halftime because the quakes don't have a, a solid lead i think that's the right call to make i don't think mm. they should be starting but i think they should play sing, be ready to play significant minutes in the second half if they have to and i feel i feel like that's a reasonable balance that the fans can 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 appreciate and 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 respect is to start with those guys like Tanner Beeson, Baldissimo, uh, you know maybe Tommy Thompson at outside back, Benji Kakanovich for sure who hasn't had a ton of starts this season, and then at halftime if they're not up by you know one or two goals in that situation, then you have to put on guys like Espinosa, then you have to uh, put on guys like Trauco and and Capo who you know can go in and get the victory, and and I feel like the Quakes have to be willing to take this game seriously enough because because they owe it to the fans to do that. Lindsay's yeah, got it right. Lindsay's got it right. That's where Nathan got hurt. He's out for the season. Do you want that to happen to another starter on this team? Not me. Well, if we get another Jonathan Mensah type, then I guess it would be okay. All right, let's go back to our conversation about the, window, windows close. So the RSL game here. Good luck on that. So windows, windows reopening very soon, Jamin. And I, yeah, I've already mentioned what's the show. I'm not the show, but I think they need some more reinforcements. I don't want any fake players to get hurt. Um, if we talk about the Benji at the nine around the left, a great question. I'm, I'm by the go way. back to the, the question you asked Lucci, Jamin. Um, you asked him about the inability for them to like, or, or at least what he saw offensively for the quakes and one of the things he said was we didn't put our chances on target we created plays that were dangerous but we fell short to me this is a concern going into the match against monterey bay if you know the starting players aren't finishing these opportunities if they're not creating the dangerous opportunities can we rely on the bench players to do so and then further looking into the regular you know mls cup matches as well so I'm curious as to what you think about his response there. I mean, is the, do, you, do you feel confident that the team can come back and start to put more goals into the net? Because we saw earlier this season, they really struggled to score from open play. Well, the answer is, the answer is yes, because uh, almost always, you know, things regress back to, the, back to the mean. And the expected goals, as Lucci indicated, are, are good enough. They're good enough on the road. They're definitely good enough at home. This team should be able to get points on the road, and it's it's a matter of time. Look look at what's happened with other players, you know, last year where people were uh, Dennis Buenga, people were writing him off left and right at LAFC because you know his he wasn't scoring the goals last year. Look at what's happened this year. Um, things always tend to come back. You get yourself in the right position. Cade Cowell getting himself into that position eventually. Gabe Cowell scoring the goal tonight. He wrong-footed it tonight. I have no idea what he was doing, trying to get that on, on the left side, going to the opposite side of the goal. You come across with your right. You're a, you're right-footed. You come across the goal, and you bang it into – you make the goalkeeper go this way and then back this way. It you know He, he just completely wrong-foots that, that shot. All he's got to do is take his right foot and, and, and hit that ball hard. That ball's in the back of the net pretty, pretty easily unless you hit it right at the keeper. Jamin, we've we've been saying that for 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 multiple years though, and it's it's not like these guys are are machines and that they're always gonna gonna sort of regress to the mean and will start finishing these chances. These are humans, and I think there are reasons why they're underperforming in front of goal. I think there are reasons. And there are reasons, and there are XG. reasons. And I think that's because I, I I just don't think that. One, Cade Cowell has the finishing chops right now. And How is Cade Cowell again? How is I don't Cade think Cowell he has again? the. I don't think he has the confidence. Where's right this now. coming from? Those two Benji, guys scored ten goals last year. Benji Where's this coming from? Like, they have done it before. It's not like they've never done it before. They did it last year. This is yes, this is a but, this is a the players go through this. They will get the form back. You keep running them out there. You keep putting the confidence in the players. What are you going to do? Benjamin confidence right now is very clearly shot. He has not looked confident on the field at all this season. And open cup I think is it's, a great time to put him out there to asking, get that confidence back. Look, I think it's worth asking whether he's a guy that is fitting into a, a, a Luchi Gonzalez team. Because all the previous stats that you've been talking about, those 10 goals, that was in a Matias Almeida system with lots more space. No, it wasn't. It was an Alex Cavello system. Alex Cavello and Matias Almeida. That was in a previous system. No, they didn't score They didn't space. score under Almeida. They scored their goals under under Cavello. Look, I, Very I, similar I, system. 
I think it's 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 reasonable to ask whether they are 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 the right guys to have on this team at, at left wing and and whether you need you know another option on the left side of the attack in this summer transfer window you know n- not only because they're underperforming but also to 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 motivate them also to give them uh you know you know put a fire in in, in their hearts in order to get them performing right i i, I think that they need some competition Hey, Jackson, can you hear me? Yeah. Awesome. Um, all right, guys. Well, let's get started. We have midfielder and team captain Jackson Ewell. Uh, let's start with the first question from Alex Morgan. Hi, Jackson. Uh, thanks for, for joining us tonight. Uh, it, it's good to talk to you. Uh, take us take us through this one. Uh, it seemed like there were some tough moments in, in defensive transitions uh, and, and too much space, uh, you know, in, in and around that uh, those channels and in the back line. Uh, what 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 did they do to make it difficult for you in those defensive moments? And and then going forward, um, you know, was it was it just unlucky, or or, or uh, why wasn't the team able to you know convert some of those chances? Um, yeah, I think it's one of their strengths. You know, they have um, you know fast forwards. Um, they they look to um, you know kind of rapidly, and you know I think we knew that. And, um, I think we could have been better in those moments. You know, I think. Um, you know, we pride ourselves on, on being a compact team, a team that doesn't, um, you know, allow chances to be created, you know, through through those um, this year. But, um, you know, they're able to find find a way to do it. Um, so I think it's, you know, keep doing what we've been doing. I think, you know, it was a little bit um, yeah, too, too spacious. You know, I think we could have been tighter um, between our lines and uh, maybe could have prevented it. But again, you know, I think they have fast players and good players that, that can hurt you in those moments. Next up, Jamin Moore. Unmuted. Hey, Jackson. Sometimes uh, tonight, it, it also felt like they were able to play through the lines a little bit, a little bit too easily. Was part of that because you guys were pushing forward uh, to get your own goal, and then they had, you know, it created that kind of space for them. Uh, or was there time at times where you having trouble kind of compressing the space to make it more, more difficult for them? Thank you. Muted. Um, yeah, you know, I think you know with. Ruiz's ability to, you know, pass the ball. I think, you know, it's it's difficult to get pressure on him because he can, um, you know, hit hit the long balls and, you know, kind of spread spread the team out. And then they're able to find, you know, Saverino in um, in the pocket uh, on a few occasions. But yeah, I think, you know, overall, I think we could have been more compact, you know, in between our lines. You know, I think that's how they broke us for the goals. And, um, you know, it's definitely something to look to look at. But you know, I think this year, I think we've been very very positive in that way. You know, not allowing you know central passes and you know, kind of denying a lot of these opportunities. So, um, yeah, definitely one to look at, you know, because I think we did make some mistakes in, in some of our press um, and they they capitalized on, on, on those moments. Thank you, Jackson. And this last question comes from Fabian Renkel. He asks, uh, how does the team feel, um, despite tonight's loss, going into Monterey, having already played there at their home turf during preseason? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a preseason game, you know, we know, that, um, you know, even that it's a good stadium, you know, it's, um, you know, they're going to be a hard opponent, you know, they're going to be up for it. And, um, we're going to have to recover in these, in these two days to, you know, get, get guys on the field and, you know, be, be as prepared as we can. Um, we're going to take it, you know, very seriously because it's an important tournament, um, as always, and, uh, another opportunity for, for guys to get minutes and, and to play and, um, you know, a good, good opportunity to, to respond at, uh, after this. Um, so yeah, we're, we're excited for, for a new tournament to start. Awesome. Well, thanks Jackson for your time and thank you everyone for the questions. Safe travels home. Thank you. All right. Let's take a moment to reflect a little bit on what Jackson said here before we kind of like wrap things up tonight. Um, one of the things that, that Yule stated very clearly was how spacious it was. And that was one of the differences for the team they lacked the compact nature of their defensive shape, which I think you both kind of alluded to earlier in the show, especially you, Alex, as you were talking about how it was a reminder of like the Matias Almeida days. And there was a little bit of the anxiety there, right, about the openness of the play. And But at the, on the other hand, though, that's kind of what created the opportunity in the beginning of the match as Espinosa found Cade Cowell on that cross that we were just talking about before we cut over to the Jackson Yule uh, segment of the press conference. 
So just, I would like to hear your guys' reaction here to what Yule is talking about. Uh, is it as clear-cut as this, or do you see a little bit more to it? Jamin, I'll kick it over to you first. Uh, clear-cut clear -cut is what, Philip? Sorry. Oh, just saying that Jackson said that the game was too spacious. Oh. They were not, they were not playing compact enough. Yeah. And that's and with the speed that RSL has, with some of the talent that yes. they have on the counterattack, um, that's what led to the loss. Yeah, the, the answer the answer is yes. Uh, Lucci, Lucci talked about it already. He kind of gave us the hint toward the answer. Um, when you're playing a team that compresses the space the way that RSL does, and you have the style of attack that the Quakes do, in which the overloads on the wings are pretty important, particularly when it comes to trying to free up you know, Christian Espinoza, uh, when you get too spread and the ball's in the middle of the pitch, you know, you run that risk. And because they are compact and you are not compact, uh, you're have no And what Luch trying to say was try the ball that we played, if Roger played that ball to Gruezo and try to break a line there. Um, the pro the, what we have to do is make sure that we've got our numbers more compact to be able to do that. We don't have to play direct there. We can go wide. We can always come back. Right. And then we can, we can go wide again. So I think like, uh, that was kind of the leading thing that we got already out of, um, already, you know, out of Lucci. And then Jackson basically said, yeah, we were, we were too spread out and it happened multiple times. Now, some of that is, uh, you know, the, 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 the tactics, uh, were, they were already informed with the tactics that they needed to play a certain way. So there's some certain mental mistakes in there. You're getting toward the end of a half. You are playing at a bit of elevation. Usually what we've heard before is about 30 minutes in, uh, you really start to feel it in, in RSL, uh, in their stadium. You start to feel that elevation. And that's when the mistakes can start to set in. And it wasn't too long after that that the first goal came. So uh, yeah, a lot of that was, you know, mental mistakes, how much of it due to elevation or whatnot, you know, hard to say. We didn't ask that particular question to Jackson, but it's important that you stay on top of those things. And then obviously when you get down a goal, you are sometimes, you know, going to press, you are sometimes going to commit numbers forward. The last goal is more or less a product of committing those numbers forward, trying to chase back and get the draw. But, uh, you know, but the first couple goals were completely mental, mental type mistakes. I'm not sure if, if if I if I you know buy the the excuse that that it's elevation though because this is I didn't, the I didn't say it's I, I said it might be this is this but, but but here's the thing Jamie this is the fourth road game that the Quakes have played this season how many wins do they have in those road games but this Zero. is the first game at elevation and in, in in all of those games the Quakes have looked like uh, they could get a result in the game against Atlanta they looked like it could get a result in the game against the the Red Bulls it looked like. Uh, they could get a result. The only one where they were really outclassed was the the the, the St. Louis game, and and so they're really struggling on the on the road this season. Uh, and uh, it's it's concerning because they're 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 going to need to pick up a, a, a few points within these next you know stretch of four games in order to maintain the momentum that they have. They're going to have a really tough stretch, uh, you know, facing LAFC twice, going on the road. And, and they're going to need to uh, to pick up some results. I I was the one who said, I think the Quakes need seven points out of, you know, this stretch of, of five games in order to really feel like they, they've been successful. And and that means they need, you know, two wins and a draw out of the next four games. And and it, it's going to be tough for that to happen. I, I, I think that the, this was a game where the Quakes really wanted to, uh, you know, go out and get a result because of how tough this uh, this this stretch of fixtures is going to be. I'm going to challenge you on that. I don't think that's a realistic number. Uh, if you just look in MLS in terms of the averages, it's four points out of four road games. Seven? Seven's a super high bar. You're saying you're you're going to get those points from a win, a draw on the road, and you're going to get three against LAFC at home. That's a really high bar, Alex. Jamie, I think that the Quakes need to be shooting for more than the MLS average. I think the MLS average is a really bad standard of success for this team to have this season. Because I think that this team is better but, but than the average but MLS but you're, team. But you're setting, you're setting. I think they saying, should hold themselves to higher expectations. And I think that it is not unreasonable to 
to expect them to get two wins out of five in order to call it a success, right? As an, it's not as an what is the baseline. Though? The baseline is probably like five points. The baseline is probably maybe six four. points. I already gave but you the number. It's four. Fine, fine. The baseline is four points. But in order to call it a success, success would I be think five. they need to get six or seven points. I think that the Quakes have that capacity this season. You saw how how dominant they were against Sporting uh, KC last weekend. You saw the quality, the quality that they have. And RSL is not far uh, above them in the table. I, I think that this is a game that the Quakes should be doing better in, and the Quakes should be getting more than five or six points. I, I'm, I'm sick of playing it on the margin. We've done that for the last, what, like nine years that I've they're, been covering they're this not, team. They're not playing on the saying, margin. What's the average, and, and the Quakes can do marginally better than that. I'm they're expecting not, this team to go out and give you the margin. Run of yeah, by, the, by the way, fans right should tune into three one losses all the time because this is when we have some of our most fun fun shows. Yeah. No, they're not playing on the margins. They've won four of five for at home. That's not on the margins. They're significantly ahead of where they're supposed to be. So they can afford to play on the margins at on the road. Gotta say I agree with, with Jamin on this one, Alex. I hear what you're saying though. It's disappointing to see the team lose this often on the road. One yeah, thing and, I and Ben Ben's to... correct, by the way. No one in the locker room is going out there in any given game going like, you know what, we only need four points out of this stretch, boys. They're gonna go for it every game. I'm just telling you what reality is. I think you set oh. yourself up for significant disappointment when you set a bar at seven points. I okay, think I've awesome. set myself up for significant disappointment by covering the earthquakes. The Gentlemen, so I'm prepared. I'm prepared for significant disappointment. I I am completely and utterly prepared for that, and I am still going to disappointment. expect that of the team. Yeah. So look, Lucci says that he's going to stay the course. You asked him about Cade Cowell, Alex, and he said that Cade's impact has been important. He's not getting the statistics right. He says, you know, not necessarily looking at it from that analytic point of view. Um, he's looking at it a little bit different in his contribution to the team in other ways. And so, of course, you know, I think Lucci is kind of maybe siding a little bit more with Jamin here and that they're going to stay the course. They are not on the margins. I don't think that, that they're on the margins. I completely disagree with that. I think Jamin does, and I think Lucci would disagree with that as well. Daniel uh, knows. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I think so. Thank you, Daniel, for that input. But um, why don't we go ahead and go to the final segment of the show? It's, it's been really enjoyable despite the 3-1 to one loss. The energy's been great tonight, guys. Alex, let's start with you. Um, your final thoughts as the Quakes go over to uh, U.S. Open Cup, the game against Monterey Bay FC, and subsequently the game against Austin on the road. What do you think? Look, this, this game was, was disappointing. This is a game that I'd rather forget about. And so I'm glad that they have the U.S. Open Cup game on Tuesday because that's going to be a fun one no matter what happens. If they win, they're in the next round of the U.S. Open Cup. They're one step closer to a trophy. If they lose, then it's going to be a fun aftershock show. And that's when the real fireworks will start uh, on, on the aftershock. So I'm excited for that game. The first midweek game we've had this season. So I think the energy will be really fun. I am expecting a large traveling contingent of Quakes fans at that game. Uh, and I know that the Quakes had a a preseason game there this season as well uh, that I heard really great things about. So, so really excited for that game and, you know, cautiously optimistic about uh, the next four games in major league soccer, because it's going to be a tough stretch of games, you know, with those games on the road, with those games against LAFC. And, and, and I think the quakes can get results, but they need to prove that they can do it on the road because zero out of four wins on the road and their first four road games this season is, is not good enough. And uh, uh, tonight saw some issues with the defense that we haven't seen before from uh, Rodriguez and Jonathan Mensa. The first time we've seen them uh, look like they were a step behind. Uh, and then on the left wing, need more finishing. If, if those chances had gone in from uh, Benji Kakanovich and uh, Kate Cowell, we'd uh, be sitting here talking about uh, a different game. So uh, excited, excited for, for what's to come despite the loss tonight. Jamie Moore. Yeah, look, it's uh, it's kind of a road game in, in MLS. Uh, and what I mean by that is you have to be able to finish those chances that you get in the game. The ones that, you know, Cade Cowell got early in front of the net has to be finished, right? The one that Benji Kikanovich had that, you know, could have gotten the Quakes back in it has to be finished. So absolutely, you know, Lucci of came on and said the same thing look we we had the chances we didn't finish them tonight we got punished for not finishing them and it's exactly what happened so you know is anything like broken no 
Um, I actually don't even really agree with with Andy's comment here. I actually thought Jibo was very connected tonight. He dropped back and got on the ball quite a bit. If you throw Chris Wondolowski out there, I guarantee you he gets less than half the touches that that Debovisi did. Um, I thought he, I, I, and sometimes to his detriment, sometimes he's dropping back and he's not really able to get back forward, uh, kind of where I would would like him to be. But to his credit, he's finding ways to to kind of get involved on the ball. He created. You know, a shot by trying to, to, to dribble through uh, a couple players tonight that, you know, wasn't that far off, honestly. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I thought he did a decent job on, on hold-up play. And I think he's he's been decent. I'm not saying, like, he's the best hold-up player in MLS. I think he's he's pretty good. So, honestly, you know, there's, there's a lot to still like. Um, you would like to see them go into Monterey now and, and create some momentum. Uh, you need to, they need that confidence that they can win a road game, even if it's an open cup game. And then you carry, you know, that confidence, you carry, you know, you get some players going uh, and you carry that into to Austin and hopefully it, uh, it continues. All right. I would like to direct folks uh, to quakesepicenter.com. Make sure you check out the YouTube channel if you're not already on there with us right now. There was some midweek content that was put out with Dom Skipper from Quakes After 90. So make sure you check that out. Make sure you subscribe to Quakes After 90 as well. A great conversation between Dom and Jamin. Very worth tuning into. Um, I do want to also mention on QuakesEpicenter.com, you can find the salary spreadsheet that was compiled by Colin Etnire. There it is on the bottom of the screen. You can also find our Patreon where you can contribute to our show so you can help us to continue making this content, doing some of the wonderful things like Alex and Jamin did earlier this year at the Coachella Valley where they were reporting on the pregame matches. Um, this helps us to provide that sort of content in addition to the stuff that we provide throughout the season. So make sure you check that out. Alex, what you got? Well, I, was, I was hoping my uh, Coachella Valley uh, soccer invitational media pass would get me into the Coachella Music Festival. We'll get you into Coachella. <laughs> didn't work. Funny for it you. didn't work. Um, hey, I showed up uh, with my Quake season pass. They, they weren't hearing it. Guys who normally tune into Quake's episode into the Aftershock, the Ponce brothers, Arky and Angel, are at Coachella right now, and they are enjoying Bad Bunny. So I wanted to say what's up to them. Also, um, just again, make sure you check out the, the midweek content. And I did have one last thing I wanted to say, because this was something that's been really frustrating for a lot of fans in the Bay Area. And I think it is relevant to Quakes fans as well. And this is the ongoing situation with the Oakland Athletics. Look, I'm not going to go that far into it, but I will say that it is incredibly frustrating and disgusting that the Quakes and the Oakland Athletics have an owner who is willing to sell off the best players, raise the ticket prices, continue to play in a dilapidated stadium, and then blame all of the issues with the Oakland Athletics on the fans. <laughs> uh, to see that, and then on top of all of that, the comments from Mark Davis from the previous Oakland Raiders and the current Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, again, John Fisher, owner of the Oakland Athletics trying to move into Las Vegas, owner of the San Jose Earthquakes. Guys, this is something that we need to be watching out for. I know that a lot of fans have been up in arms about Fisher and the way that he's been running this organization. And I think it's important that it's something that us as Quakes fans, even though we have a new stadium that's been here for less than a decade, is something that we need to be very aware of. And then one last thing before we close out the show, Dave Cavill, spineless behavior from you. Spineless behavior to let that team go to Las Vegas. Rooted in Oakland? I don't think so. Not that from the behavior that you've shown, it's all BS. So I just wanted to make sure I said that since I had this platform. Again, this is my opinion, but I think a lot of Bay Area sports fans feel the same way. So again, go check out QuakesEpicenter.com. Make sure you log, uh, make sure you like and subscribe to our show and turn on those notifications. And we hope to see you next time after the next Quakes game. Thanks a lot. Have a good night.